0: Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. And as I mentioned in uh, the last audio, podcast that I did, that I am now going to do more frequent messages, but very short messages on the passage of scripture that I got in most cases that I'm meditating on at the moment in my half hour of meditation. So in this case, it's after reading a chapter and meditating on it for a short time within this half hour. I want to share with you from 2 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 19. And the last time I shared was not... It was six days ago. Um, I can say that the overlying arching theme that's been coming forth in the last six days has been... On compromise. It is something that we, as individuals who are walking and seeking to walk in a right relationship with God, must be diligent to be on guard against. That's just how the enemy takes out those that he wants to take out and hinder from entering into God's full purpose so I'll just uh, read second chronicles chapter 10 that I received today by random choice from a Bible app called random Bible um, in second chronicles 10:19 which is the last verse, it says and Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. Another translation says that Israel rebelled against the house of David and basically the the Davidic covenant until the present time of the writing of this passage. The reason for division in the body of Christ is also because the enemy has made an inroad through spiritual compromise into our our lives as individuals, and thus also corporately in those that we gather with. In fact... It was only one person that compromised in the camp of Israel, and that was Achan. We're all familiar with that story. And because of it, the whole nation of Israel suffered. The Word of God says to beware of leaven and to purge out the old leaven, that we may be a new love. Purging out the old leaven means... That we enter in to a true and a real vital love relationship with God. And we must recognize those things in our own walk personally and what is happening in the body of Christ corporately that would be those subtle wiles of the enemy. It's not just the fiery darts. It's also the subtle wiles of the enemy that we must be on guard against when we are putting on the whole armor of God. In this passage in 2 Chronicles 10, I will read the passage. I'm sure many of you will become very aware of this passage. It is the major division. It is about the major division that happened in the nation of Israel when they were divided as a nation. How did that division come? It came after the reign of Solomon with Rehoboam who took his place and ruled. But why did it come after the reign of Solomon? It came because Solomon, though he was started in his spiritual walk with a wholehearted love for God, that was so strong that he didn't want riches, He didn't want wealth. All he asked of God when God said, what shall I give you? He wanted wisdom to rule the people of God and yet he was taken into compromise by women that drew his heart away from a relationship with God so that he no longer had a wholehearted relationship with God and eventually this led to such compromise through marrying many women that were godless, that he allowed false gods in the nation of Israel. And so the Lord said to him through the prophet that he would cause a division in the nation of Israel, which came not in his reign, but in the reign of Rehoboam, which took the place of Solomon. And so that is what we're reading about in this passage, just that division. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for to Shechem were all Israel come to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was in Egypt, whither he had fled from the presence of Solomon the king, heard it, that Jeroboam returned out of Egypt. And they sent and called him, so Jeroboam and all Israel came and spake to Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous, Now therefore ease thou somewhat the grievous servitude of thy father, and his heavy yoke that he put upon us, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Come again unto me after three days, and the people departed. And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old man that had stood before Solomon, his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give ye me, to return answer to this people? And they spake unto him, saying, if thou be kind to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old men gave him, and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him, that stood before him. And he said unto them, What advice give ye that we may return answer to this people which have spoken to me, saying, Ease somewhat the yoke That thy father did put upon us. And the young men that were brought up with him. Spake unto him saying. Thus shalt thou answer the people. That spake unto thee saying. Thy father made. Our yoke. Heavy. But make thou it somewhat lighter for us. Thus shalt thou say unto them. My little finger shall be thicker. Than thy father's loins. Whereas my father put a heavy yoke upon you. I will put more to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day as the king bade, saying, Come again to me on the third day. And the king answered them roughly, and and King Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the old men, and answered them after the advice of the young men, saying, my father made your but I will add thereto. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So the king hearkened unto the people, for the cause was of God, that the Lord might perform his word, which he spake by the hand of Ahijah the Shonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king would not hearken unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David, and we have none inheritance? In the son of Jesse, every man to your tents, O Israel. And now, David, see to thine own house. So all Israel went to their tents, but as for the children of Israel that dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Hadaram, that was over the tribute, and the children of Israel stoned him with stones that he died. But King Rehoboam sent, okay, but King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. And Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. When spiritual leaders become proud, corrupt, and oppressive, there will be rebellion and division in the people under such leaders. What causes a leader to become such? and bring forth the fruit of division is by the people and the leadership entering into compromise with the world and the things of this life instead of a wholehearted, pure love relationship with God. Now I'm mindful that today is December the 25th. It's Christmas Day. And this may sound unrelated what I'm sharing, but I feel I must interject it. Because I happened to be listening to a radio program today that was verifying the date of Jesus' birth with some pretty legitimate information from a person that's very scholarly in the Word of God. Pointing out different passages and the timing of the priesthood and so on. And the conclusion was that it was on December the 24th That the Lord was conceived. That is when the angel came to visit Mary. And overshadowed her. And there was the conception. Not the birth. But the conception of Jesus Christ. Was most likely from all the evidence pointing to it. On December the 24th. So that uh, December the 25th is a great day. To celebrate the great condescension of God Almighty incarnating himself in Jesus Christ. That would mean that the birth of Christ would probably be nine months later as that's usually how long it takes to have a child which would have probably been sometime in September. But what is significant about this day is the condescension of God Almighty who humbled himself more than you a mere creature and suffered more than you a mere creature so that you could be reconciled to God and delivered from the separation and the consequences of that separation from God, which is death. An eternal torment. Because what is death? Death is basically the second law of thermodynamics in science. What does the second law of thermodynamics say? It says that anything left on its own will always go in the direction of increasing, increasing disorder to complete destruction or death. It starts by being cut off from the source of life. Basically, that's what the thermodynamics is saying. The law of thermodynamics is saying, when you're left on your own, you're cut off from your life source. The source that is constructive onto life as opposed to that which goes in a direction of greater and greater destructiveness. God's love is so great and has such integrity that it is a blazing fire of judgment against the slightest word, thought, or deed, or action that is contrary to love. That is the integrity of God's love or the holiness of God. The holiness, that aspect of the being of God and its ultimate perfection and glory. That is the foundation from which can spring forth creation without any corruption. But when creatures are given free will, there is always the potential of rebellion against God. But God's love is so great. That without violating the integrity of his love, that is his holiness... Because God is so holy, there is the foundation for God's love to be expressed to such a great degree of what would be called the ultimate expression of perfection in love. Or in constructiveness that is contrary to death. Or the antithesis of corruption and death. That he could humble himself more than you a mere creature and suffer more than you a mere creature and absorb the consequences of all the sins of this world on himself so that those who would freely choose to repent and be reconciled to God could be reconciled to God. That is the opposite of what we're talking about here, which is division, the cause of division. What was wrong with Rehoboam was that he was proud. And why did he become so proud and conceited? Because compromise was allowed. And it happened through the lying vanities of beautiful women. And this week I had a number of passages on that. Including the compromise of Israel with the Moabitish women which resulted in a terrible plague among the nation of Israel. It took a serious hate for what God hates, a serious hate for what is contrary to the ultimate perfection of love. Who is God? Through Phineas the priest to cut that off. And it's the fact that we lose that in sight of this love, that it is so holy and it is so pure. Which means we're really losing the fear of God, which is the right perception of who God is and the ultimate perfection of his being, first in holiness. And out of that, there is the ultimate perception of the greatness of his love, manifested in mercy, that can only perceive be perceived out of the greatness of, of God's holiness which is perceived only in choosing to rightly recognize God in his holiness, which is a choice to genuinely fear God. What causes division is compromise, and what causes compromise is a failure to enter into the genuine fear of God To recognize both aspects of the being of God. Firstly, it is always the recognition of the awesome glory of his holiness that will not tolerate sin. Out of which we can perceive how great his mercy is to us in the light of that holiness. And that is recognized in the greatness of God. Atoning sacrifice in his son Jesus Christ. I don't have time in a short message to go into this, but I will say this that people entered into a true, genuine spiritual rebirth from the very beginning. You have Enoch that walked in such a close relationship with God that he was translated. I can't go into the differences between the time after Christ and before Christ, except to say that they did experience being genuinely born again of the Spirit. Because that happens when there is the choice to genuinely recognize God from our heart, not our mere intellect. First in his holiness, out of which we will recognize or come to the conclusion that God is good. A right recognition of the holiness of God will recognize the goodness of God And not God as a dictator like Cain recognized God, which was a counterfeit or a false recognition of the holiness of God. When we recognize that God is good, even from the time of the beginning, the only conclusion can be that only God could be the one that could forgive. And they recognized that from the beginning. And the only conclusion from that can be that only God could atone for our soul or could have such a perfection to be the one to forgive us. That could have such an ultimate perfection to be that sacrifice. So that even if he had not yet sacrificed himself, we recognize there was such a perfection in him that he, as it were, already, even though it had not happened in time, would have as it were in fact it would be a reality that he had already become a perfect atoning sacrifice and indeed he was slain before the foundation of the world and it is in the recognition of this love that is so great that would condescend that it brings us into such humility before God when we really really recognize who God is that keeps us from the pride, that keeps us from entering in to compromise. It is our identity with who God is and the perfection of his being. In fact, we are not even accepted before God because the word of God says that it is only we are accepted in the beloved to the praise of his glory wherein we are accepted in the beloved in Ephesians 1. It is when we have a true praise from our being in the glory of his grace in the recognition of his grace and the glory of it which contains first the holiness of God and then out of that the mercy of God that we are accepted and the beloved And it is pride that creeps in when we fail to recognize that, when we fail to allow our heart to be circumcised with the greatness of who God is to us personally in his mercy out of his holiness. That we have pride enter in and compromise that allows us to buy into lying vanities that cause division among us as believers First, in our relationship with God, there's a hardness of heart. And out of that hardness of heart that causes us to want to be drawn into the loves of the world, there is adultery, even in marriages, divorce. And God is calling us as his people today to repent of failing to fear God and to recognize the greatness of who he is to us as individuals to the point that we allow our lives to be caught up with the loves of this world so our hearts are hardened by these lying vanities of beautiful women and the pleasures of this world and the gods of amusement. And we fall short of reciprocating who God is so that we enter into an intimate, reciprocated relationship with God that consumes our desire for the lying vanities of this world that will never satisfy the core of our being. Only God's Spirit, filling us in fullness, will satisfy the core of our being. And it is worth it all to enter into intimate relationship with God to reciprocate this love of who God is in a relationship with Elohim, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one true God, the Almighty's one. So God is calling his people to come out of compromise by choosing to become his house of prayer again and enter into intimacy in a relationship with him where church services start with people on their faces in awe of who God is. And they start with humility and worship. Forget about the prayer meetings, make your church a prayer house, a house of prayer, a prayer meeting, out of which springs forth the gifts of the spirit out of praise and worship that first came out of the humility and the recognition of who God is. I would love to speak a longer message but may you on this Christmas recognize the great condescension of Almighty God in his love, in his grace that you can receive and reciprocate that it would consume all the dross and the things that you would tend to grasp on that would draw you into hardness and into division. Rather, pursue this love by redeeming the time because the days are evil. Thank you for listening to this message.